Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Standing in line, marking time, waiting for the welfare dine. They can't buy a job. Welcome to Right Lane, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times. Each week, Times reporter Lane DeGregory discusses her stories and answers your questions. The focus is on craft. My name is Maria Carrillo, and I'm the Enterprise Editor at the Times. Joining us today is Roy LeBlanc, an Assistant Metro Editor here at the Times. Roy has worked here almost 31 years. One of his many tasks is finding interns for us. He's been recruiting since some long-ago days as a sports editor. He's seen thousands of job applications. So we asked if he'd join to talk about that process and how important it is, especially these days. So today's topic, get a job. Our, uh, our summer interns are hard at work as you listen to this, but it won't be long before we start thinking about the next crew. So we want to just start by Roy telling the process, how this works, the time of year, how things get going. In terms of... <clears throat> internships and jobs. It's, there are very uh, similar tracks, but some things are different. Obviously, an internship, there's a deadline. That's the first thing. There's an application process. Number one thing is know what the deadline is and how the application process works. As recently as within the last two weeks, I've gotten inquiries about summer internships for this summer. Our deadline was November 1st, so those people are out of luck, needless <laughs> to say. Um, Bottom of the pile. <laughs> and, you know, not only out of luck for now, but, you know, I almost just bury them because they come off as kind of clueless. Like they just don't know. If you're applying to be a reporter, do some reporting. Right. You know, show me some work. Where would they go to find out those deadlines? TampaBay.com slash internships. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody, a lot of the major newspapers, sort of the same schedule, Absolutely. right? It's the Absolutely. fall for the, the bigger newspapers are all on that schedule because mm-hmm. um, we're all basically fighting over the same pool of applicants. Um, I swap references and share things with, you know, the Washington Post, the Dallas Morning News, um, Seattle, Miami, of course, naturally. Um, a lot of times we're, we're looking at the same candidates, the Boston Globe. Right. So. That's the first and foremost is know your deadlines, know the process, and get after it and cast as wide a net as possible. Um, Roy has uh, some advice for all of you guys, and he's actually, he's, I guess, compiled this over the years, right? Um, and the, and the <laughs> I love where you start. You're looking for a reason to kick people out, <laughs> right? I am. Uh, in terms of internships, we get somewhere between 350, 400 sometimes upward of 450 or 500 applications every year. For how many so, positions? Like um, probably five reporting positions maybe. Wow. And probably 
80 to 90 percent of those applications are for reporting positions. You really so, have to stand out. Yeah. You so the first out. thing I'm looking for is just I have to thin the herd. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't spend a half an hour on each application. I glance at the resume. I glance at the cover letter. I do that for every single one of those. I do look at the resume. And I do look, look at the cover letter for every single one of those that are reporting applicants. And But I'm really just kind of looking for a quick, are you in play at all or not? What gets them out easily? There what are many things that get them out easily. Typos, um, misspellings. Typos, you know, accuracy is our currency. If you can't be accurate, accurate in your in what you're trying to present to me, your best face, if this is your best face, it's not good enough. Um, I've, I can't tell you how many times it happens every single year. It will happen again this fall where somebody will type the wrong newspaper in their cover letter. I'd love to spend next summer at the Miami Herald. Well, good luck with that. Hope it works out for you because <laughs> you're not going to spend it here. Um, so you're gone. Um, on a different level, sort of being not yet qualified gets you kicked out, but on an, in a different way. You know, I get applications from freshmen and sophomores with little to no experience. Right. That's going to get them kicked out for this summer. But I, apl- frankly, applaud the ambition. You know, nice try. Thanks mm-hmm. for playing. Come back next year. And particularly if the, you know, since they lack the credentials, if the cover letter kind of gets me juiced. You know, one of the best, maybe the best cover letter I ever got was from a sophomore who later worked here. Um, I just loved it. And so the next year, you know, but she was quickly out of the pile because she wasn't qualified at that point. But the next year, I remembered her name. So when her application came around again, I gave it a longer look. And over time, she built up the credentials. She got an internship and eventually got a job here. What was the cover letter that was so good? It, she told a story. Um, You know, one thing I don't like about cover letters a lot of times is that people tend to just re-recite their resumes. I go to the resume, I look it over, and then I go to the cover letter, and it's like, I'm a sophomore at such and such a university. I've interned here. I've interned there. It's like, yeah, I know all that. I just looked at your resume. Um, This particular one told a story. She um, had sort of inherited her mom's minivan for college. So she told this story about how this minivan, and she had been on this journey from home to college to her first internship to this and that. And so she told me her story as a story. And I just, I was just enthralled. I just loved it. You know, given how many cover letters I looked at, it really stood out. And, and it was well-written. And that's one of the things we're, we're looking for, obviously, is people who can write. So, and, and just to reiterate something you said, you're looking for interns who've had another internship Absolutely. or two. Absolutely. Um, we don't, we're not anybody's first internship absent. You know, there are certain schools that will um, provide stipends to interns meaning essentially they'll pay for them to intern here. So we'll obviously have make allowances for that with some sort of a personal recommendation. You know, we have relationships with, for instance, Bill Derek Duke. And if he recommends someone and Duke will, will provide the, the stipend, then we're open to someone with less experience. Um, but we, even at that, we do want some sort of reassurance that this is a good person for us. Um, but yeah, generally... At a minimum, one, most commonly, it's two before they get here. And we've had some with three before they get here. I think it's, in, I just want to reiterate, too, like what you're talking about, I, I don't think people, some people don't pay enough attention to the pitch. I mean, 
it really sometimes it doesn't feel like it's been really well thought out. Um, the 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 resume is accentuating the wrong things. Um, it doesn't feel like they've done their homework about the place that they're applying to. So, um, and it, and it is, you're looking for reasons. First, you're looking for reasons to cut the pile right. and then get to a smaller pile. And then yeah. you're looking to see who of the smaller pile stands out. But if you don't take it seriously enough, and I, I know I didn't take it particularly seriously in my, at the start of my career. I don't know about you, Lane. Um, I mean, I got some internships, but I think I lucked into a couple <laughs> where I was like, cause I wasn't, I, I wasn't in this mindset that it was like you're a professional you know that you have to treat it like oh i worked it Did you? i was dying to leave home and find something <laughs> real to do yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. i mean to your well, point we used to have recruiters come though i mean back yeah. in the day we had recruiters come to the university yeah, of and, we, and we used to travel we used to go to various universities and whatnot we don't do any of that anymore it costs money we don't do it yeah. we go to gainesville to the uf that's it because it's close and they've provided us a good stream of real good quality interns and later staffers um, so we still do that one, but other than that, we really don't do much traveling. And we have interns year round now, right? Which we didn't have back in my day. Um, yeah, we do. We pretty much do. We call them now the, the extended ones that are six months or a year. We now call them fellows. That's a recent change mm-hmm. to distinguish between. Now they have a bigger intern. title. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Nothing else has changed. You get paid the same, but, uh, you get, you get <laughs> but a little bit different title. Yeah. At least you I'm not an intern. I'm a fellow. So, um, to your point. Uh, Maria, about the lack of homework. That's another thing I get. I get a lot of generic fill-in-the-blank cover letters. Right. You know, where clearly the newspaper's name and or my name has just been a blank that's been filled in. And I can tell that the same letter went out to 50 places. It's like, well, you know, so you just want a job somewhere. You know, right. it doesn't have to be here. Right. Let right. me see who in the pile really wants to be here. Um, so we'll go back to, to Roy's list. One of the, <laughs> like number one, follow directions. <laughs> so clearly many people, like you said, they missed the deadline, mm-hmm. right? You ask for a certain number of clips. They send you more than you wanted. I hate those. Right. I really hate those. No, absolutely. It's like, what do you, what, t- how much time do you think we have? Yeah. Or here's another <laughs> bad one now. They just, instead of sending me the clips, they'll just say, my clips can be found on my website. Yeah. Um, and it's like, so I'm just supposed to go to your website and just randomly look around and choose which clips, which means I might click on your 36th best clip. Is that really what you want? And plus, I don't have the time. I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you care if the people have a website? Does that help or no, hurt in any doesn't way? Matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If I want more, if, you know, if I decide I want more and they have a website, sure, I'll use it. But if I decide I want more and they don't have one, I'm just going to ask for more. Um, so we've talked about you know, no typos in resumes and cover letters, talked about tailoring your cover letter to the organization you're applying to, um, tailoring the letter that goes beyond just writing a genetic, generic letter and filling in the organization's name, right? Easy mm-hmm. to drop those. Um, and you're, <laughs> you, you say here, do a little homework, um, you know, bonus points. You're a journalist, right? So instead of to whom it may concern or internship committee, do some reporting. Figure out who the decision maker is and address your letter accordingly. Yes? Absolutely. Because otherwise, yeah. I, I won't necessarily kick you out of the pile for to whom it may concern. That's not an automatic reject. But, you know, I do have a little extra appreciation if you've gone to the trouble of figuring out who to send it to. I mean, even if you don't, okay, let's say you stop short of figuring out that it's me. If it's addressed to the managing editor or the executive editor, it's like, okay, you got a name, you figured it out. That's good enough. You know, 
I'm okay with that. What about other name droppings? Do you like it when people say, oh, I'm friends with so-and-so who worked here, or I saw this person at a workshop, or does that help or hurt to name drop others? It kind of depends. Um, frankly, a lot of people use your name. <laughs> <laughs> Hire them all. <laughs> when, when they do their homework, it's like, oh, I'd love to learn from people like Lane Gregory, and, you know, that's a common theme. Um, but in terms of name dropping, like so-and-so recommended or such-and-such, such, if – if I have, if I really do have a relationship with someone, you know, back to Bill Adara Duke, um, that's going to probably be a plus for that person if that relationship is real, because I'm going to check with Bill and say, you know, this guy dropped your name. Is this real? And I'm going to get the truth. Mm-hmm. Well, so. and like people would drop your name. I heard you speak at a conference or something. Isn't the same as like, oh, no, you know, exactly. I Lane got to know me or we worked together once upon a time. That, right, I'm right, sure makes right. A those difference. are those are two different things. Yeah. So I have to. So we, before we started, I have to tell the Bayless story. So, so I used to work with a recruiter at the Virginia Pilot, and her name was Bayless Brewster, and she loved dropping people from the pile when they said, "Dear Mr. Brewster," it was her first like, "Okay, you haven't even bothered to figure out I'm a woman. You're out. You're out." They're just exactly. looking for like anything. You're applying for a reporting position. Exactly. Right? If you can't get it right, all right. So we've talked about being lazy and just doing the fill in the blanks letters. Um, one of your points, Roy, you said, speaking of generic, you don't need a lot of bells and whistles on a resume. What do you mean? Oh, I see resumes where the, you know, there's all sorts of design elements to them. Um, you know, the name is down the side or there's, you know, 14 different typefaces or different colors. I don't care. I don't care about any of it. There's lots of stuff in a resume I don't care about. I also don't care what your high school GPA was. Um, I don't even care what school you went to, frankly. Um, although if it's in Florida, I guess there's some merit to telling me what part of the state you're from. Um, but uh, just tell me what I need to know. What I need to know is where, I, where are you in college? What year are you in? Your contact info. I've actually had people leave off their contact info off a resume. Um, <laughs> what about if they work for the school paper? Is that a bonus? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, that's, that's a relevant experience. Absolutely. Yep. And, and some of this stuff matters depending on what year you're into. If you're one of those ambitious young freshmen and sophomores who's not going to get an internship but is applying to sort of get on my radar for two or three years down the road, then, yeah, that high school, you know, if you're editor-in-chief of your high school's paper, yeah, at that point it matters. By the time you get to be a junior and senior in college, it's really not going to matter anymore. But early on, sure, you know, put, your, again, your best foot forward. When you're a freshman, well, that's your best foot. That's all you got. So put it forward. When you kind of answered this question, I think, but you could, if you're rejected, it doesn't hurt to try again and oh, again no, no, and no, again. Oh, no, 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 no. Quite the contrary. Quite the contrary. You know. It's Win him down by sheer perseverance. Name on the radar. Well, yeah. Again, well, you're, you're a, reporter. a reporter. Isn't yeah. that isn't that how you report a story? Isn't that how you work your sources? Isn't that how you build a network? Is persistence? I mean, I'm totally on board with that. You know, it's, I, as a matter of fact, when... Um, you know, there's different level of rejections. There's just the sort of first off rejections. And then at the other extreme, there's the ones that really hurt me when I have to reject them because I really want them here. And so a lot of times, and this also applies to interns who we let walk away, who maybe in better times we would have hired. Um, I tell them either as I'm rejecting them or letting them walk away after an internship, it's like, Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know, I really like your stuff. I really like you. I've enjoyed our conversations. You know, just because the answer right now is no doesn't mean it's no forever. So please stay in touch. You know, if you're interested in working here someday, then stay in touch with me. But I warn them, it's kind of on them. I don't have time to reach out to all those people. And probably 70, 80% of them might touch back with me once or maybe not at all and just disappear. Right. And that's okay. Um, but the ones who stay in touch with me, when my bosses come to me and say, we have an opening for such and such a reporter, I immediately have just five or six names in my head without even looking at my files. And when I look at my files, I'll probably come up with another five or six names, and that's the sort of the list we'll start with. But it's those people that have stayed in touch, stayed in touch, you know, not so much that it's annoying, but just sort of on a regular basis. And I've, if, if it takes a few years, I've watched them get better, presumably, because their clips improve. And they become that list that is in my head, right off the top of my head, ready to go. One of the things you put on your list of, to, for people to think about, you say, so why are you putting a career goal at the top of that resume? Yeah. What is that about? Well, you know, some of the resume templates have, mm-hmm. you know, career goal here, which I've also seen come through on a resume. It actually says career goal <laughs> here. Uh, that's an easy rejection. Um, uh, again, that's more if you're applying to be a reporter – you know. <laughs> right. You know. You don't have to explain it to me. Goal is to get a job. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes, maybe, actually, sometimes that's what they say. My goal is to get a job in some sort of communications industry or whatever. And it's like, okay, you're gone. <laughs> um, you know, explain to me in your cover letter why your goal is to work here specifically. What is it about us that makes us special that wants, what can you contribute to this newspaper, this great institution? Um, you know, I've actually had cover letters full of, here's why we would be good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like, okay, that's fabulous. What are you going to do for me? Cause that's, that's all I really care about. That's a good point though, because I think there's a lot of them that are like, mm-hmm. I could learn so much from you right. guys. And I like, like, right. yeah, it's like, okay. Great. What are you going to do for me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I often told my students to come in with a couple of story ideas mm-hmm. that would say not just generic, but right. like they would know the community. Does exactly. that help if people pitch some ideas? Absolutely. Ideas are currency in a newsroom, as we all know. Um, and editors love ideas because editors are, you know, lazy as anybody else. And <laughs> the more ideas a reporter has, have, the less we have to have. Um, you know, we're good at refining them and working with them. But, uh, you know, I tell interns, and they're starting now, so I'm going through this speech pretty much every Monday now for a few weeks, that if you go through your internship and write every story cleanly and solidly and do a good job and work very hard, but you don't really have any story ideas at the end of the 10 weeks, we're going to shake your hand and we're going to say, perfectly fine internship, happy to give you a recommendation someplace, but you're you're not the intern that we're like, oh my God, how are we going to get along without that person? That intern has ideas. 
That's the whole. That's the whole secret of Lane DeGregory's success. <laughs> Right there, boiled down to. I I'm mean, good like, at that. <laughs> no, I know, I know. That's why, like, it made you stand out. It made you stand out. She for can sure. write a little bit too. She can write a bit, <laughs> but would it, but you, you know, oh, you're, like everybody absolutely. at 22 or 23 and going to write, but so well, right. you know. But but having those ideas and absolutely. being, you know, coming at me with stuff. One of my favorite reporters when I was in sports, um, he used to come in every day with like three ideas, and most of them were terrible. I love the guy because he didn't take it personally. He would say, you know, we would talk about why they were terrible, and he'd say, okay. Then he'd walk out. The next day, he'd come in back with three, three more. more. Uh-huh. And you know, if he so if he had a hundred ideas, if ninety of them were terrible, that still left ten real good ideas. Um, and he would do them. And I just love the guy because it just rolled right off his back when you know we would reject an idea for whatever reason. He um, he would just keep coming back and keep firing. I also think it's so much easier to write well about the things you care about. Absolutely. You know, when you bring your own yeah. idea to the table Absolutely. instead of everybody knows editors can give bad ideas, you yes. know, so yes. have really? another one to counteract that, you know. Yes. No, you're invested. Yeah. So we've talked already about making cover letters and resumes different. And we've talked about what a cover letter should do, but a uh, little bit, but you, what you say is on a cover letter, entertain me, educate me, illuminate me, amuse me if you dare. <laughs> Yeah, humor can go wrong. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's a it's a it's a risk. You take a risk. Um, On the other hand, if they make you smile, absolutely, and you, the then kid might be unforgettable. Yeah, right? Absolutely. Even if, if you know. shake your head, and go, oh, poor kid. No. You know, it's, there's there's a little bit of a no risk, no reward thing there. You know, uh, if you climb out on that limb, you know, a little bit of respect for taking a chance. Um, if you really step in it then you probably shouldn't have taken the chance. But if, you know, if you do make me smile, I'm going to remember you and you're going to slide up some notches, uh, you know, for sure. You said uh, also don't bore me. And I think, I, you know, I've seen cover letters from really young people that go on for two or three pages. It's ridiculous. And it's like, and it's not an entertaining story. No. I mean, like, so no. I don't know. What are your, like, just <laughs> if it's not riveting, keep it short. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. You know, it, again, you're a reporter, right? If if what you're writing, if you've got a story to tell, tell the story. If you've got a brief to tell, do it in a brief. Right. You know, um, it's okay. If you're a freshman, I don't expect you to have a long life history. Um, tell me your story, whatever that is. And, and what are you looking for in terms of clips? I mean, I, I remember a recruiter told me I had to cover a sporting event, and I about fainted because I didn't know how to cover a basketball game even more than I knew how to build a carburetor, you know. But I was never going to write sports. They were never going to hire me to be a sports writer. Mm-hmm. What, what, what kind of variety or, or stuff are you looking for in clips? We want interns specifically, also staff writers, to show us that they've done what we're going to want them to do. Hence the previous internships. You know, our interns are not going to come in and write long-form stories, though most of them want to. No, not most. Many want to. That's not what we're asking you to do in that ten weeks. We're asking you to cover cop briefs. We're asking you to, um, you know, cover a city government meeting or a school board meeting. Um, by all means, not just briefs, but write some. You know, hopefully you'll get on Sunday one A with some takeout story. But um, we show us that you've done that. Show us that in week one, we can send you out to a cop scene and it's not your first rodeo. Um, and references, of course. References are gigantic for me. And that comes from the clips because you got to get the clips is sort of the first thing. Well, you know, in stages, it's almost resume, cover letter, 
then if you pass those tests, then I get to the clips. Uh, and again, I probably don't have time to read every clip, but I, you know, I glance through them. I read some of them. It's important not just how well they're written, but what kinds of stories your previous uh, news organization trusted you with. That makes a difference to me. Um, and then if we get, if you get down into that final group of, you know, let's say 20 legit contenders out of that 400, uh, references are huge, uh, particularly references. You know, I now know some people around the country and um, particularly references from people I know and trust. That's a big thing for me. One thing I'm always going to want to hear from a reference is that they worked their ass off. Uh, if I don't get that in some fashion, not necessarily those words, but if I don't get that in the course of the conversation in some fashion, it's just not good enough. Do you want actual letters of recommendation? No, no, no just a, you call the references I and chat. call them. It doesn't hurt if you've got a letter of reference and you've had someone write it out for you. By all means, put it in. I'll read it. Um, how significant it is depends on how sort of forceful it is, who it's coming from. I've seen letter of, letters of references from professors. That doesn't really do much for me, frankly. But if I see a letter of reference from a previous editor and it's really forceful, like best intern I've ever had kind of thing, I'll definitely put some weight on that. I just want to admit, and I'm sure, I'm guessing you see this too. I see a lot sometimes from people who are... Um, pitching all their wonderful multiple talents in terms of, you know, I can take pictures, I can record, I can use this program, that program, but they can't write. And I, I think there's been, there was sort of a push there to be this multimedia journalist who had all these technical abilities and somewhere along the line forgot that it's all still storytelling and you got to be able to put, you know, one paragraph in front of the other. You've, I don't know. Do you get a lot of that? You've hit on one of my pet peeves. Yeah. It's and a, this is... Uh, I see this all the time in talking to college students because they're all taught now that you have to be able to do it all. You have to be able to take a photo, shoot video, probably edit some video, um, you know, all the social media components, and but they stop short because they tell them you have to be able to do all of this, which up to that point is true. But where they stop short, and this is what I tell college students, is that if you want to work in the major leagues – I'm not talking about some smaller place where maybe they more appreciate that. Just just be adequate at everything, and we're fine. But if you want to work at a place like this, or the New York Times, or the Dallas Morning News, the Washington Post, you have to be great at something. You can't be great at it all. You can be a great reporter who can shoot video, shoot, shoot a photo on your phone. You can be a great uh, photographer who can also write a story to go along with it. But you can't be great at all of it. So you have to choose, you know, what am I great at? What am I going to be great at? What's my passion? What do I want to be great at? And, and then you use the rest, our tools, to help you be great at that one thing. So let's finish up with, like, you talked about one of those that was really memorable for you. I'm just wondering if there were, like, memorable, like, for better or worse, memorable applications that have just hung in your, in your memory. Well, we've kind of covered some of them. I mean, um, you know, the van cover letter was certainly memorable, um, which is also stuck with me because, you know, we developed a relationship and she wound up working here. Um, no, there, there, was, there have been some real... I, there is one where 
it was actually a an application from a local college, and he left his name off his <laughs> resume, and it gets separated from his cover letter. Oh no! So I actually had to give it. We actually happened to have a staffer who went to that college locally. And so I gave her the resume and said, here, here are your clues. Find out who this is. <laughs> and she That's did. not a good start for That's that guy. Not a good start. <laughs> no, no. He's now a Pulitzer winner somewhere, <laughs> but no. Yeah. Ironically, eventually, through a completely different doorway, he did wind up interning here and did well. Wow. Came through Redemption. a completely wow. It was, you know, we spoke about um, connections and references earlier. Um, it was through a connection from someone who I completely and utterly trusted because in his initial application, you know, he was a total non-starter for obvious reasons. And then it might've been like a year later. Um, but I would have remembered even a year later, that probably would have stuck with me. Uh, but a year, I think it was like the next year we had an opportunity and somebody I trusted completely and utterly told me you should take a flyer on this guy. And, they also were willing to do it for, for school credit, so that worked out too. Um, so we did take a flyer, and it worked out well. So if you're looking for internships here at the Times or at most big papers for the f- next summer, you should start looking this summer, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And apply by November. Yeah, yeah, apply by November. And, you know, if you want to help me out and make me feel better, please don't do it October 31st. <laughs> you know, because I start looking at them in September. And some of those early ones, frankly, you get a longer look, honestly. Because right. um, if, if I'm looking at point. it on September 15th or September 20th, uh, you know, I've got some time to spend with your application. If I'm looking at it on November 2nd when, I've, when 200 of them have just piled in in the last three days, that's getting the most cursory of glances. When I, I always have students saying, like, can we just have coffee with Roy? And I say, he doesn't have time to have coffee with 400 people. Like, meeting somebody in person is not really on your radar for this, right? That's, you don't have time to do that. It depends. I, I'm not going to say no, because um, if somebody is in town, you know, maybe somebody's paid their own way to go to Pointer for something, and, you know, they're in town, and they would like to meet me, I'm probably going to make 15 minutes for them, um, and I'll meet them, and I'll talk to them. Uh, now, that'll be for better or worse, depending on how the talk goes. <laughs> I've had, you know, most of the time is for better, because I like the, again, I like the ambition, I like the initiative. There have been times where I just couldn't wait to get that person out of the building, and my notes end with, no, not ever. (laughs) (laughs) All right, on that note. (laughs) That's a scary ending. (laughs) That is a scary ending. If you have a question for Lane or for Roy, or you'd like to suggest a podcast topic, please email it to writelane at tampabay.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-L-A-N-E at tampabay.com. Join us next week on Wednesday morning for the next podcast. This podcast was produced by Monica Herndon. Music was composed and performed by Dan DeGregory. Thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.